Today's sermon text uh, is part of the narrative about Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. And as I read it to you, um, as with all um, stories in Luke about Jesus journeying to Jerusalem, when you hear the term Jerusalem or references to Jesus setting his face toward Jerusalem, um, Jerusalem for Jesus was that place where the will of God was going to be um, established. And Jesus knew that it was going to require a sacrifice. He knew that it was going to require that he himself suffer and take some lumps. And so when you hear that reference to Jerusalem, you need to know that it meant the cross was coming to Jesus, and he knew it. So listen for the word of God as I read from Luke, the ninth chapter, beginning at the 51st verse. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So apparently... This idea of following Jesus um, is, is not all unicorns and rainbows. Something about setting your face to Jerusalem means that, that you got some lumps coming. You got some trials coming. You got some, some sacrifices that are going to be implanted on this idea of being in the proximity of Jesus and following him on his way. Have you ever gone on a journey with someone... Maybe you're driving the car or you're in the car and, and you've gone on this journey before. You know where you're going, but the person in the back seat has a GPS and they keep telling you to go right when you went left. Or they say, you know, I have a, a Waze app and your Google app isn't the best app because you can't tell where the traffic is. And, and, and you've got this experience of this person in the back telling you where to go because I guess they believe they have better information. But something happens to us when we are told what to do by someone when we are on a journey and we know where we're going. And somebody tells us, people can get irritated. Anybody? Am I? No? Yeah, okay. It's irritating to have somebody tell you something when you know where you're going. 
but what is it about that person's compulsion to need to tell you? And the truth is that human beings are, we, we all get caught in this cycle where we get irritated at each other. And the real trick to being filled with the love of God for other people is to hear when people say things to you, not out of irritation or them saying, you're wrong, you're stupid, you're an imbecile, you obviously aren't going the right way, which is what we hear. But maybe the person was saying, you know, I want to help. I want to be involved. I want to go where you're going. And, and not hear it as a criticism. Uh, apparently this idea of following is, is not an easy thing, especially when you talk about following Jesus. Um, some people come to following better than others. Some of us are easily led. Some of us are not. I think it's just a personality trait. Following Jesus seems to come easily or naturally to some people. Their spiritual nature is just open and warm and gracious and they hear everything from God and from the scriptures and from their journey as something loving and kind. But others of us struggle a little bit with this idea of following in a place where we're not quite sure if that's where we want to go. Other people struggle or chafe or, or fidget in their efforts to go on a spiritual journey. I do believe that some people are more inclined and open to spirituality and other people struggle with it. Perhaps you're one of those disciples of Jesus um, who has such a certainty about the way of Jesus that, that you're like James and John. You, you just know certain things about the love of God and the way things ought to be, and, and if anybody disagrees with you or sees things another way, you're ready to bring down fire on them and just scorch the earth because you know the way of God. You are certain about where Jesus is going, and by golly, you are passionate and pious, and you are certain that God would have these persons consumed if they don't want to go your way. If you're not one of those people, maybe you know somebody who is. See, because the truth is that um, in following God and being in the proximity of Jesus, it does something to us. You may be one of those disciples who maybe are a little timid or a little taken back uh, or humbled by being in the presence of Jesus. Maybe it frightens you a little bit that, that you don't know exactly why Jesus would want to go to Jerusalem and you're certainly not sure that you're willing to go with him. This whole idea about bearing a cross and getting beat up a little bit really doesn't sit quite right with you and, and, and you're not as passionate or pious and you would certainly... Never, ever push anybody else, let alone call fire down on them for not receiving Jesus. I believe that the followers of God in all of the scriptures and throughout Christian history have fallen in both of these categories. In fact, I, I believe that the scriptures especially and Christian history teach us that God accomplishes God's ways with both types of people. Those who are passionate and pious and ready to just tell everybody else the way it ought to be and call fire on them if they don't agree. 
And those who are a little more timid and humble and maybe even would never ever presume to tell anybody anything about Jesus and where he's going. As a result of this, if wherever you may fall, in whichever category you're in, or if there are people you know and love who have fallen into those categories, the result of this tendency in our human nature is that we can leave behind us a trail of broken and wounded people. That somehow our following Jesus isn't like Jesus. He, he tended to go everywhere, and everywhere he went, people were restored and redeemed and found peace and comfort. But sometimes as human beings, where we go, we look back and maybe, maybe you're a person who had a, a very sincere religious experience, but that spiritual transformation in you caused you to be estranged from somebody you loved. It happens. If it didn't happen to you, maybe it happened in your family. But you also may be a person who when you look behind you, there are opportunities that you had to share the love of God, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit with somebody, and because of your shyness and uncertainty, you neglected to share with them the good news of the grace of God. Whichever category you find yourself in, I believe the, the proper response to acknowledging that about ourselves is to confess. Lord, I am guilty of sins of commission where I judged or evaluated or called fire down on somebody else because they didn't agree with me. Or, Lord, please forgive me for my timidity and shyness when I could have shared the power of the gospel of Christ with somebody and I just let it go because I didn't want to offend anybody. So whichever, whichever category you fall in there, the, the good news of the gospel is that God uses both of those. God uses those who are passionate and pious and, and want to call fire down on people. And God uses the timid and, 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 and the shy. And those who are afraid of offending anybody. That throughout the story of the gospel of Christ, God will use whatever it is that you offer in your desire to follow Jesus to redeem the world. It is in the confessing of it that the transforming power of God becomes manifest in us. I think part of that is being able to pray for and love those who may be in your past who are wounded, whom you maybe have wounded by sins of omission or sins of commission. Um, I want you to acknowledge for a minute that the way of following Jesus is not the way that we know. Jesus accomplished the, the redemption of this world in a way that nobody expected. There were lots of people who thought they had GPSs or information or knew how it ought to be done. And this is how Jesus should redeem the world. And this is how Jesus should bring the kingdom in. And they thought they had all the right answers and all the information. And if only even Jesus himself said, Jesus, you don't have to do that. And Jesus is always saying, you all don't get it. The God of grace and love is going to redeem this world in a way that you can't even imagine, and it's going to have the power of resurrection in it. So just sit back and watch what God does, and don't try to drive from the back seat, even though you're smart and clever and have a better app than I do. Take heart 
If you find yourself wondering which way the church is going, when you look at the church, whether now or at other times in history, you are in good company of people saying the church needs to go this way and the church goes that way. Because God is at work in ways that we don't understand. It is ours to just stay close to Jesus. It seems like Jesus wants us to follow him not by looking ahead and figuring out all the right directions, but say, just stay in close proximity. Stay in close proximity to Jesus. Rely on Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Go where Jesus is going and don't try to figure out how it's all going to work out because by faith the gospel is that God works it out not you the main characteristic it seems that that Jesus is looking for are people who are so in love and enamored and devoted to the person of Christ and what Christ has meant to them and to the world that they just keep their eyes on Christ. They try to stay close to, to, to Jesus and go where Jesus is doing. Um, I think if Jesus were to, when he rebuked um, his two disciples for wanting to call down fire, he was saying to them, don't you trust that God the Father and I and the Holy Spirit have got this thing handled? You don't need to be calling fire down on anybody. He wants us to put our trust in our proximity to him. Not in our knowing all the answers or following him with love and devotion that doesn't get d distracted by, by logistics. Oh my gosh, Methodists are great at saying, well, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do this? And we can get so distracted by the logistics of, a, of an event or, or something in the church that we, we kind of lose track of where Jesus is going. We can also get distracted by our relationships. Um, I don't know about you, but in, in my following of Jesus, I have family members and friends who don't quite agree with me on my walk with Jesus. They wonder about me sometimes. I've always thought, well, maybe that's good because I'm supposed to be a little bit different than, than someone who maybe isn't trying to follow Jesus. Certainly, I have had to refrain from saying everything that I think in order to maintain a relationship of love. Jesus said to those who said, I'm going to follow you, but first let me go bury my father. First let me go say goodbye to my people. First let me get all my logistics done, and then I'm going to follow you. And the real call of faith is to say, you know, will you just follow Jesus and trust that somehow God is going to use, even if you get in a sharp exchange with somebody because of your faith, that, that God might use that, that little discomfort, and weeks later, that person will remember, and God, God will use that in some way. That we're not supposed to avoid suffering or discomfort at all costs. And sometimes the cross, Jerusalem, the discomfort, the suffering, the, the bump on the head, is what God's going to use. Um, 
And it's just trusting Jesus enough to say, okay, whatever. It wasn't comfortable. That wasn't a good thing. But God, you're going to have to use that. I I have a two-year-old granddaughter. She'll be three pretty soon. Um, Now, I don't know how many two-year-olds you've been around. There she is. But she loves her G-Daddy. I'm G-Daddy. Now, what's not fair? I mean, she really loves me. I walk in the door and say, G-Daddy, you know, never mind that her mother and my wife, Beth, have been with her for hours and hours and days and days and taken care of all of her needs and changed her diaper and all that stuff. But I walk in the room and it's, G-Daddy, you know, and I, I kind of like that. <laughs> but she is focused on me right now. Have you ever walked with a two-year-old and 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 they're walking this way, but they, they, they're looking that way. Two-year-olds do that. The, she, 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 wants, she, wants, she wants to keep her eyes on me, but she also wants to go where we're going. In our apartment uh, complex, we have a long hallway with two really distinct right-angle turns in it. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, she was, we were going out the door, and she's going down the hallway, and she's not running, but she's moving pretty quick, but her eyes are watching me. And she ran into the wall Bam! Big knot right on the top of her head. Oh, it's just. A... Why did that happen? It happened because a two-year-old has this ability to to stay focused on on the object of their affection, and they're not so worried about <laughs> what wall they might run into. And I would say that part of being a follower of God, a follower of Jesus is to have the ability to love and trust Christ, to keep your eyes on Christ, knowing that if you do that, you probably are going to get a knot on your head. But oh, I want a knot like that. I want, I want to get wounded because I was so focused on following Jesus. Amen.